Lord, man, that time change stinks. <laughs> Whew, I don't sleep good when Ziggy leaves. Like the first night he's gone, I do not sleep well. And I think I was up till, really it was 2 o'clock, but it's 3 o'clock in the morning, which is not fun. But I'm super excited too because um, last Monday when we were here, because we have Miracle Monday, um, the, I felt like the Lord gave me a word. And so I've been... Um, talking with Ziggy about it, and we've had lunch about it, and it was really kind of cool. And then last night, I'm calling him. I'm like, okay, I need some more help. So um, I'm pretty excited about it. But, um, you know, the Lord has been good, and we've had a lot of things happen um, in January and even into February. So um, the title of this, so I know Marissa's going to end up asking me, is What's on Your Punch List? Um, So when I get down into that, I'll tell you about that later. So um, but I want to talk about first, we're going to just read a couple of scriptures. Um, so we're going to go to Psalms 34, 8. And I just want to talk about first how good God is. So um, let's see what it says here. Because I don't want to use my glasses. I lost my bifocals. And so it's really hard to like see you and then put these on, take them off. You know, I just, I don't know where they are. I've looked everywhere and... So now I have to go get some more, which I don't want to do because they're expensive. Um, okay, so Psalms 34, 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalms 107, 1. says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. He is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And then Psalms 103, one through five. Bless the Lord, O my soul, in all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquity, who heals all my diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He's a good God. Psalms 84:11 For the Lord is a sun and a shield the Lord bestows favor and honor no good thing does he withhold from those who walk upright There's nothing that the Lord would hold back from us he's a good God So back in January um it was January 11th or 15th sorry Um you guys know that I I was up here trying to dismiss service and um the Lord came on me and I, I told Ziggy that it's like, you know how when you, something happens and you have like a split second to think about what you're going to do, a decision you're going to make and you, it goes through your he- head very quickly. So very quickly I thought, is that him? Should I, you know, yield to that or should I just continue to dismiss? I had a quick decision to make because it was unusual for me to have that happen. So my decision was to let him do what he was going to do. And you guys know that I ended up on the floor. That was so weird because it was so quick. It just was like, it almost feels like you're drunk. <laughs> Although I don't know what that's like because I mean, we were just talking about that last night. I have no idea. They were like, you know, rum and something. I'm like, I have no idea what that tastes like. I just wasn't, I was a wine cooler drinker. I didn't drink stuff. I mean, I just wasn't a hard, you know, thank the Lord. I just have, was never one to go partying and stuff like that. I did it when I was not supposed to, which was like 16 years old. So I just, I'm thankful to the Lord that I was not one to party. 
So anyway, that, <laughs> boy, that kind of went, um, but that day I, I had a decision to make. So I, I let the Lord move on me that day. And so I went to lunch with Tyler and Ayla. And even when we were eating, I know that it was hard for us to eat. We were talking and I still felt like the Lord was on me. And so when Ziggy called and he's like, how was service? I said, you know, we just let out. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, we just let out. He's like, well, I'm going to eat. Well, then he calls me back because then I'm seeing posts on Facebook. Hey, are we going to go back tonight? Or, you know, and I'm like, oh, God. And so he calls me again. And I said, I don't know what to do. I said, lead me here. He's like, I'm not doing that. You know, in the Bible, it says Jesus said, or Jesus's mom said, whatever he says, do it. That's what he said to me. That's what Ziggy said. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I said, okay. So I said, let's come back together. Well, that night, um, you know, I've heard Ziggy talk about feeling like electricity goes through your body. That's how I felt that night. I've never had that happen to me. I was so in tune to hearing him. I could see things in the spirit that I've never seen before. I mean, once I, it was crazy because I had my eyes closed, but I knew who I was praying for. And I could see things about them. Like um, when I was praying for Nakia, I saw her singing. And um, that's, all, that's all I could say to her. With, for the men, you know, it was like they were rising up. The men in the church was, were rising up. So I was very excited. I told Ziggy, that's the kind of stuff that I don't want to see end, you know. And I know that that started something in our church. And we were so committed to making sure that we made room for him. I know I did. So I know that with my life, um, things were super busy. You guys know I've talked about it a hundred times because it's, it was a lot for me. I was working a crazy amount of hours because we got a new system at work and I manage eight people. I um, had one leave, so I'm short one and we're super busy. And um, I told Ziggy, I don't know what I'm gonna do because I'm so busy, but I want him more than I want that. You know, yes, I can retire. Should I retire? Is it something I really need to do? Because I really want him more than I want anything else. And I've never really been to that point in my life where, you know, I just have been in a routine. I've been married to Ziggy for, we'll be married 35 years this year, um, which is really awesome. He's, he's awesome. So I've never been in the position because I've, I've stayed home with the babies, uh, which is, I'm very thankful for. I'm not going to complain about that because that was what I needed to do. I was I wanted to raise my babies. I waited 12 years for them. I was 32 when I had Michael. So I was excited to have kids, and that's what I wanted to do. So I don't feel like I was cheated in any way, but I've, I didn't have that happen to me. So I, I told Ziggy, I said, okay, well, I'm going to adjust things. I have to adjust things. So I usually work 7.30 till whenever I finish. Um, and if it meant I had to get up at 5 so that I could get a head start on my work so that I could leave and be here to be in his presence, that's what I was going to do. I had to change my routine. I had to change what I was doing. I had to change how I was thinking because my thoughts weren't always on how am I going to entertain his presence? What am I going to do to make sure that he meets me? Because we had been, the experiences that some of us had were amazing. I know some didn't, but I'm going to get to that. So for, for some, it was you, you, you may not have experienced it, but for me, that was something that was amazing for me, and I was not going to let that go easily. I really wanted to entertain and prioritize my life to make sure that he was priority. Because priority for me was family, you know, it's God, you know, but family, work, 
you know, and you have all those things come up, you have to make sure, well, I don't really cook that much anymore. I just don't. <laughs> I mean, I work so much that it's really hard for me to take time out to cook a couple hours. Sorry. <laughs> um, but we're going to change that. We're ch we, we bought half a cow, so we're probably, we're going to be cooking at home. Um, so I've not really, you know, I've not had the, the time to, to do that. So, but everything else, I felt like we were so busy with everything that was going on in, in life. And Gaby's a senior this year. We just got, he's got things that he's doing. So it's been really, really busy. So with all that being said, I want to talk about Peter. Um, Peter got to experience and see a lot of things with Jesus. He, he got to walk with him. He was like face to face walking with Jesus for three years. He got, to, he got to see a lot of things. I'm sure, you know, think about that. Somebody that you're living with, you get to see everything that they do. He got to experience and see things, miracles that happened, <laughs> miracles that happened that some of the other, the other disciples didn't get to see. Um, so we're going to go to um, Matthew 17, 1 through 8, um, maybe 9. And I'm going to have to turn around and read that because I did not copy that onto my app. Okay, so after six days, Jesus took um, with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up high, up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And he was speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Rise and have no fear. Okay, and when they lifted up, sorry, and when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. What's the next one, Marissa? Okay, yes, and they were coming down the mountain. Jesus commanded them, tell no one of the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. I know Ziggy talked about this on Wednesday. I was like, man, honey, you stole it. <laughs> He's like, no, I was talking. I said, no, I talked to it. I was trying to trick, you know, you know how it goes with husband and wife. Like, I said it first. Um, but, you know, here, this is, this is an experience that Peter had. I can't see you. Um, this is an experience that Peter had that only three disciples got to experience this. And so he came down the mountain. And can you imagine that they were probably busting at the seams to try to tell somebody what happened? But they couldn't, you know. But he got to experience something with Jesus. So what I'm trying to say is that Peter was very close to Jesus. But then we look at Peter and we go to Mark 8:33 where Jesus rebuked Peter. Um and not only that, but Peter denied Jesus not once, not twice. He denied him three times. But Peter was still close to Jesus. See, we have moments in our lives where we have moments experiences that are so amazing in him, we pursue him, we seek him, we, we have left mother, father, and job 
to, to pursue the Lord. You know, we have cried, we have laughed, we have run, we have danced, we have done all that be, for him. You know, those are things that are important to us. We've had highs and we've had lows. Well, when we look at Peter, Peter had highs and lows. He was on the mountain with Jesus. He, I'm sure he was on a high. I mean, I, if I put myself, I can't, I would be terrified too, you know, and um, Peter was, he was the one that experienced, I think, a little bit more because of all the things that, that happened with, um, with him and Jesus. So when we look at what's happened in our church, I know that we had that time where we were meeting every day. And then we kind of backed off of that for a little bit because we had some things happen. But then I think we started to get to where we were falling back into a routine. And it's so easy to do. I got back into my busyness. I was trying to interview people, working, trying to get, then I had some medical procedures. Um, I had my gallbladder taken out and, you know, things happened. You know, we just got really busy. We allow things in our lives to just kind of get in the way of what we pursue. And so, you know, I know that Ziggy talked about how that I said, I don't want this to end. And, you know, he's like, well, are you doing anything different? Well, you know, no, I'm, I really wasn't because what, I, what happened to me, I didn't make happen to me that day. The Lord just came on me. I wasn't like, Lord, fall on me today. I mean, I wasn't prepared for it, but I was ready for it. So it's not anything that I did. So I haven't done anything to, um, to make that happen. But the thing is, is I have you, what I'm trying to say is we have to stay focused on what, what we're trying to do. You know, we can fall right back into that routine of everyday life, you know, um, and everyday life needs to include him. Um, oh, yeah. Peter experienced many different things um, and got to witness many different things and I know that what we experienced here caused us to be more hungry for him. Um, so after all the experiences that, G that Peter had, it, Jesus was crucified. And we have to think about what Peter did at that moment. After, you know, he denied Jesus. And then when Jesus, let's just go there. John uh, 21, 1 through 3. And it says, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, and Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his, other of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said, I am going fishing. I said that like an okie. <laughs> I said fishing. Fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got in a boat, but that night they caught nothing. So Peter tried to go back to what he knew. Oh, yeah. Just like we have gone back to our routine. He tried to go back to what he knew. And not only that, but he influenced others to go with him. He, was, he influenced others to go with him to go, oh, let's go back to what we knew, you know? When he was face-to-face -face with Jesus, he was face-to-face -face with him. God is such a good God. <laughs> That's why I read those scriptures at the beginning. God is a good God. Despite our failures, he will meet us. He's faithful to meet us all the time. Psalms 33.4 in the NIV. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. 
Romans 8.35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Then we're going to skip to verse 36 and 37. No, in all these things, are, we are more than conquerors through them who love us through him who loves us. Um, then Hebrews 13.5. I hope I typed this out. I was doing this last night, so if I miss some words, sorry. But you guys get the idea. And this one's going to be an ESV, Marissa. Um, Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then, Marissa, I want you to pull this one up in the Amplified. Same verse. Because I think the Amplified says it very well. So that you guys know that even though we have our trials, we go through stuff, we try to get back into our routine, look at what it says in uh, the Amplified. Okay, right where it says, be content with what you have, for he said, I will never, under any circumstance, desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down, or relax my hold on you. That says it very well. He will never, ever forsake you. He's faithful. He's faithful. He will meet you even though you step back. Even though you try to fall back into that routine, he will meet you. You've got, so don't be discouraged by the fact that some of you may not have experienced, you've got to pursue because he's faithful. So I know this year, what is, our, what is the saying for our, for our church this year? The year of completion. Yes, that is our year. So the punch list. In construction, they have what they call a punch list. I didn't know this. Ziggy's the one that told me. He's like, call Eric. But he was like, no, I can look it up. So, But this is what it means, so I'm going to read it. It says, in construction, they have what they call a punch list. This list is... Um, of tasks that must be completed before project closeout. It doesn't include the major work of the project, but rather the small or minor tasks, the stragglers that still need to be finished. So what's on your punch list to make sure that you have a year of completion? What's on your, what's on your punch list? So what do you need to do to make sure that the not the job, you guys, but you guys know what I mean. Not the job, but you're going to complete your year. What's on that list? So how are you going to get there? What's that look like? Um, what's required of you to make sure that job is done, the project is done, that, you're, that it's finished? We're going to go back to Peter. You have to think about everything that Peter went through. He was rebuked. He denied Jesus. He went back to what he knew. If there is probably, um, the other thing is that he walked with Jesus and he didn't even recognize him when he came back. He couldn't, I know Ziggy. I mean, I can see the back of his head, the back of him, and I know that's him, you know? I know him. I know his face. I, I know him. <laughs> so Peter, after being with him for three years, didn't even recognize him. That's what you get for laughing. Shame. Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> okay, so yeah, he, he was with him for three years, didn't recognize Jesus. So you've got to think about what Peter went through. He endured things that some of the other disciples did not endure. Jesus didn't rebuke the other disciples like he did Peter. I mean, he literally turned his back on Peter and rebuked him. And then was told, you're going to deny me. And then he does it. I know he felt horrible about that. But he endured things that the others didn't endure. Um, he had to press forward even though all those things happened to him. He had to pivot and avoid, to avoid um, being offended. Because if you think about all that, that happened, I mean, think about that. If, if somebody said to you or rebuked you, um, would you be able to get past that? Would you be offended? Peter had to work through that offense. He had to work through being, denying Jesus. And um, I think that maybe Peter may have, well, I think that we need to be careful not to get offended at the little things. I mean, we really, um, We just got to get past some of the little things that mean nothing. We look at Peter was a, he could have been offended at so many different things. These things are big things. I mean, we get offended over little things. You know, um, if the lights are in my face, you know, because <laughs> the lights are in my face there. You know, sometimes I move up here because the lights are in my face. But am I going to be offended at you know? Can you turn off the lights? You know, it's cold in here. Oh, actually, it's very hot. It's, it's hot in here. Am I going to be offended at that? Am I going to be offended that somebody didn't say hello to me? Right. Or somebody didn't make their way towards me? You know, those are things, they're so not important. They're just not important. And we have to, and another thing, and I, I know I, we have got to learn to put our phones down. Our phones are too important. They're just too important for, for us in this, in this um, day and age. The way that people use their phones, I'm like, goodness sakes, can you not just put it down? You can't put it down for like an hour in church. <laughs> I mean, people are texting during church, you know, just Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> the, those things are not important. Those are the, the, uh, we need to be so focused on him and, and learn not to get offended because when I look at the life of Peter and what he had to endure, I'm sure he felt like, you know what, why me? Why am I the one getting called out? Why am I the one that this is happening to? Why is this happening to me? He could have been offended at so many different things. He, he had high times, he had low times, and then he's getting embarrassed by, you know, by what he said and what happened to him, and he had to endure a lot. He had to endure a lot. So some of us may feel, why me? Why do I have to endure things like this? Why does this have to happen to me? Why is this happening to me? Why are things harder for me than it seems like it's harder for them? Why is it easy for them? Why do, it looks like they're getting blessed and I'm not. You know, we can, we can compare to other people all the time, but my life is not where, I may not be where you are. You may not be where I am. But yet we let things offend us to where we, we don't pursue God. We don't put him first. We don't make sure that we, we entertain his presence so that he is here. And the thing is, is I'm trying to encourage you all to say, he'll still meet you. He will still meet you. Despite the fact that you may feel that way. I read all those scriptures saying that he's faithful. He will meet us. We read in that scripture, he will never 
ever, ever leave you. He won't lose his hold on you. He's a jealous God. He wants you. He wants you to pursue him. He will meet you where you're at, where you're at. He's a good God. He's faithful. He's been good to me my whole life. I love that song. All my life, he's been faithful to me. He's a good God. So what happened to you guys in January? What was squeezed out of you? What happened? What happened in you that you then had to say, I've got to change that? I mean, I, I got up here and I said what I had to change. You know, I was getting... I have to have stuff going on like in the background. When Ziggy's not, I mean, I have to have something on the TV and the TV was shut off by itself because I fall asleep. But it takes me a while. Um, but I have to have something on going over here. But I found myself after work because I was so tired, my brain was just mush from looking at numbers and payroll and everything else. Um, I was on my phone watching reels. Netflix. I don't even know what I was watching on Netflix because really we were watching everything Ziggy wanted to watch, which is like I was telling them how to repair a guitar, um, how to um, detailing airplanes, you know, rebuilding engines and all that. I'm just like, oh my gosh. So I really wasn't focused on that, but I had allowed my life to get to where that's what I did. You know, my routine in life was getting up, going to work, making sure we, we do have dinner, sitting down, getting on my phone, Netflix, whatever else I had. Where was my time for the Lord? That's a routine that I, that I don't want back in my life because I want to make room for him. I want to entertain him more than I want to do all that. Netflix is so, in, it's not important. Reels are funny. <laughs> Some can be very funny, but it's not important to me. You know, it's, you know, what am I going to do to make sure that my family is doing what they need to be doing too? Have you, have you guys stood up to take your place? Men, have you stood up to take your place in your homes for your family to ensure that they know that what's most important is God and that they're important too, but God is first. God is, he's the most important thing. We're here for him. I like to see what everybody wears, but I'm here for him. I like to hear the music. I don't sing great, but you know what? I'm here for him. Amen. And God is so faithful to meet us. Yes. He is so faithful to meet us. So when we look at Peter and we see what he's been through, what can we say? But my, my story's different, Pastor Annie. My life is harder. I've had this happen to me. I've had that happen to me. Well, look at Peter. I mean, he, he was face to face with Jesus. That just, that blows my mind because I'm thinking, I'm fa I can be face to face with you, Bailey. I know you. I can see you. And I know Jesus, I can see Jesus, but I've not really been face to face. You know what I mean? Like, he was face to face with him. And he went through all those highs and lows, you know, um, getting rebuked, denying him, all those things, all the things that he endured. He still pressed forward. And what happened? In Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, what happened to him? He was the one that stood up, spoke loudly. It was Peter that did that. Despite all that, you know, G he, you know Jesus asking him, Peter, do you love me? Not once, not twice, three times. 
Peter, do you love me? Maybe to say, you know what, Peter, just to make sure that you understand, you know, what you're saying here. Do you love me? Maybe, maybe it was for him to be able to say, you know what, there's going to be, I'm, I'm going to have to have a change in my life because I have to make room for him. You know, but Peter stood up even after all that. So what I'm saying to you guys, you guys can stand up even after all the things that you guys have endured. And some have endured more than others. They really have. Life can be hard. Making changes. Talisha and Clint having a baby. I know that's a process for them. They have three little ones and trying to get in a routine to make sure that they are here. And that's a lot. So some have endured more than others. And it may not just be that. It could be other things with you spiritually, you know, speaking when you feel like you're not really hearing God or you're not moving forward. Don't give up. Move forward because you can look at Peter here. He moved, he pressed past that. He pressed past everything that happened to him. So you guys can press past that. You guys can have an experience with God. You know, that's what I long for. That's that to me, there's nothing else different because like I said, Ziggy's, he's traveled since, um, see, we started dating when I think I was, um, I just graduated high school and I was 17 when I graduated and we started dating in October. So I just turned 18. So I was 18 years old and we started dating. We got married when I was 20, he was 19. Um, in between birthdays. And um, as soon as, you know, after we got married, he was at home. But then he, um, he started to travel. And let me tell you, that is not an easy thing to do because I'm originally from Ohio. My family is in Ohio. And um, he started traveling, and I'm like, my family is not here. I mean, I have Ziggy's family, but, you know, it's, I didn't have my mom. I didn't have my dad here. Um, my sisters. I couldn't call them up and say, hey, you want to go to lunch this week? Or even go to my parents and just spend the night with them. So when we moved to Columbus, I loved it because when Ziggy traveled, I would travel to, to um, Holgate to see my parents every, almost every weekend. Me and Michael would go there, and I'd just spend the weekend with them. Um, so it wasn't easy for me to adjust um, to him traveling. It was actually very hard for me to be in a big city because I'm, I grew up in a small town, graduated with 55 people, very small town. We had one stoplight. They took that stoplight out. Now it's stop sign. <laughs> I mean, the grocery store closes at 7. Very small town. So it was very hard for me to come here. In fact, when I moved here, I didn't even want to drive. I had my license, but I did not want to drive. And Ziggy, <laughs> Ted and Deb had this huge van. It was like, what, what was it? Um, an extra long van. We were at 7-Eleven on 44th Street, and um, Ziggy's like, you're going to drive today. I said, I'm not driving that van. He's like, no, you're going to drive. We were in, we were in the 7-Eleven. So when we came out, he jumped in the passenger side seat, and I'm standing there going, are you serious? He's like, you're driving. And I'm like, I'm not driving this van. I, mean, <laughs> I got in the van, and I drove it. <laughs> I couldn't believe he made me drive that van, but... I do, you know, I grew up in a small town. I didn't drive in cities like that. So it was a hard adjustment for me to come here and to be without him. Oh, yeah. That's right. So I endured some things. 
You know, I could have been in a, you know, why did you move me here to Oklahoma to only be by myself? You know, I, we didn't have Michael till I was, you know, 12 years after marriage. I mean, I was 32 when I had Michael. So for 12 years, you know, and what I did, I went shopping to ease my, you know, I'm by myself and lonely. You know, I hung out with my friends from work that I finally got to know after, you know, because I didn't know anybody here. I knew some people from church, but I didn't really hang out with the people from church. So hung out with my friends from work. So it was an adjustment. And I could, I could put myself in a place where, yeah, I, I endured a lot. So what happened to me here, I am not willing to give up pursuing him. That's too important. Because that's what we're here for anyway. You know, to, to fulfill what he's called us to do. So what has he called you to do? And what are you going to do to make sure that you have a year of completion? What's on your punch list? You guys might need to create one. Sit down and think about what it looks like to make sure that you're going to have a year of completion. What do you have to do? You know, there's, there, I know what I, there are things that I have to do, so what are you going to do? And are you going to feel sorry for yourself? Endure and move forward. Allow him to do his work in you. And remember this, too. In Luke 12, 48, it says, you have to remember this, that you may have endured much, but too much is given, much is required. And just so you guys know this, I want you to know that last night when Pastor Zig and I were talking, he wanted me to, to tell you guys this. This is what he feels like is a word for you guys today. Too much is given, much is required. That's, that's all, folks. <laughs> no. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. I hope you guys um, really take to heart, you know, um, what God is doing in our church and that you guys don't take that for granted. I won't take it for granted. There's too much that I've gone through in, in my life of being, you know, uh, the wife of a traveling evangelist. Um, and I'm thankful that he's here. Now that, you know, he just goes like once, once a month. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to give that. I'm not willing to give that up. I really want him more than I want anything else. I need him more than anything else. And, you know, I think that even, uh, you know, when Ziggy and I started dating, he said to me, it was, it was so funny because he had like different things. You know, when you, when you pray for your spouse, there are things that you say, Lord, I, would, I want my spouse to be this, this, this. You know, you go through... And that's what I did. What's funny is I said I wanted a blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy because I was around Hispanics all the time, and they had dark hair and brown eyes. So I'm like, I want a blonde, blue hair, or blue eyes, and <laughs> I married Ziggy, <laughs> which is totally cool because, you know, the Lord had better for me. Um, but, you know, I totally lost my thought on it, but got off on the <laughs> talking about blonde hair, blue-eyed guys. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, when I prayed for him, you know, when, when Zig and I, um, when he asked me to go out on a, on a date with him, like our first date, um, 
we went to go eat at Friendly's, and then we went to back to his grandparents, and we went on a walk around the facility that they lived in, because they lived like in a nursing home type, uh, uh, what do you call it, assisted living. So we went for a walk, and he's asking me questions, which I thought was really weird. It was, but those are things that he had prayed for, so my answers were like, okay, yes, that's right, and yes, that's right, you know. But um, one of the things that he said to me was, I want you to know that um, I love you and everything, but he's first. And I was like, wow. (laughs) But he's always said that to me from the beginning. And, you know, I honestly didn't understand that. You know what I mean? I didn't understand that. Because I'm like, well, you know, we're married and I love you and for you to say he's first is like, ouch, you know? Because my love for my husband is, we, we always would go like, like, all the way around. You know, that's what we would say. And um, then we started saying, I love you with all my heart and flowers. Because um, I had a pillow that said that. <laughs> um, so my love for Ziggy is a lot. I, to infinity. And to determine my love for him and my love for the Lord, they're very separate. But it was hard for me for to understand that because I wasn't where Ziggy was at in life. So it was very hard for me to understand that. But now I can say in my life today, he's first. You know? He's first. He's got to be first. And you have to get, to your, get yourself to a place where you can say he's first. Just keep on, people. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged if you didn't experience what other people experienced in January and in February. Don't give up. Like I said, he's faithful to meet you. He will meet you. He will always meet you. He's not going to leave you. You may feel abandoned, but you're not abandoned. Don't, go, don't let your feelings um, trick you into believing something that's not true. Because your feelings will lie to you. So just keep pursuing the Lord. Be encouraged today to pursue the Lord. And he'll meet you there. All right, you guys can stand. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You guys just can just pray in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you that you're a good God and that you're faithful to us. You're faithful, Lord. Despite, despite the mistakes we make, Lord, Lord, forgive us, for Lord, for the routines that we fall in, Lord. God, we need you. We have to have you, Lord. We need you more than the air we breathe, Lord. 
I'm grateful, Lord, that you stuck with me, Lord, in my highs and in my lows, Lord. When I felt like I was alone, Lord, you were there. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord. We lift your name on high, God. We lift you up, Lord. Lord, you said, Lord, that if we lift you up, the doors of heaven would be open, God. So we lift you up today, God. We lift you up, God. Your name is holy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If there's anybody here that needs prayer, I'm going to ask for some of the deacons to come. Is Miss Rhonda in here? No, she's in the back. Okay. So, um, Tyler, Ayla. Um, where's my people? Where are my deacons? Joe? Jess? Have you guys come? My deacons are gone this morning. Shelby? If you guys need prayer, I'm going to have, um, oh, Carolyn, too, if you, unless you're in. If you guys need prayer, please come up and let them minister to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you.